Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up A Well-Read Life. Hi, friends. I wasn't planning a new episode until next week. But in light of all that is going on in the world right now, I thought I'd do a bonus episode for you. I got the idea for this episode from a dear friend who texted the other day asking about nurturing books we could read together. So I've compiled a list of books that are true and just and lovely and good. My guideline for choosing the books on this list is based off of Philippians 4.8, a verse that has helped me significantly in the past to combat fear and to order my thoughts. This isn't a very long or exhaustive list. I'm hoping to have a second part next week, but I try to include books for all ages. And now, here are some books to pass the time in the next couple of weeks. For picture books, I would suggest Who Sang the First Song by Ellie Holcomb. This book is new to me. My daughter was gifted it for her birthday, and she loves it. It's one of the only books that I can get her to sit still and listen to during this wiggly age. The story is a series of questions which lead up to telling the child how much they are loved by God. It's a very sweet book, lovely to look at. The pictures are beautiful. The colors are phenomenal and vibrant. My husband commented on them the first time he opened the book. It's a great book for babies and toddlers. Another picture book is Miss Rumpheus by Barbara Cooney. This is the story of Miss Alice Rumpheus, who as a child is charged by her grandfather to make the world a more beautiful place. But it isn't until she is much older that she discovers how to do this. Again, this is a very sweet book with a focus on bringing beauty to the people around you. I love reading Miss Rumpheus to my daughter, but it's not just for children. I really believe it's a picture book that can be read at any age. And Barbara Cooney's illustrations are lovely. Also, The Lost Words by Robert McFarlane, illustrated by Jackie Morris. This is a series of poems about nature words that were being taken out of the Oxford Junior Dictionary. Words like dandelion, conquer, and kingfisher. It shows the beauty and variety of God's creation. It is full of rich language and delightful rhyme. My husband and I read the poems nightly to our daughter last summer, and we had so much fun. For children's middle grade book, I would suggest The Secret Garden by Frances Hodgson Burnett. The story of spoiled Mary Lennox who is sent to live with her uncle at Misselthwaite Manor after her parents' death. Mary finds a secret garden on the grounds of Misselthwaite and lovingly tends it and brings it back to life. I've talked about this book before, but it's worth mentioning again for its picture of hope, redemption, and the promise of new creation. I want to put a big plug in for the audible version narrated by Indira Varma. Her narration is flawless, and it makes the story come alive. She does dialect so well, and she gives each character a distinct voice. I cannot recommend this version highly enough. If you need more adventure and want a series, you can never go wrong with reading or rereading The Chronicles of Narnia. I go back and forth with which is my favorite, but I think it's The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. A wonderful book and series on redemption and fighting evil and darkness. For reading aloud with the family, I would suggest the James Harriet books. I love them. They're a series of memoirs by a British veterinarian who lived and worked in the Yorkshire Dales. His are funny, entertaining, and endearing stories of his friends and neighbors. My mom read some of his books aloud to us when I was growing up. 
The stories made us laugh and cry in equal measure. For nonfiction, Adorning the Dark by Andrew Peterson. I don't quite have words yet for how much this book has meant to me. It's a book about creativity, but it's so much more. Hope and encouragement come to mind, but those words seem to fall flat in describing it. His writing is down-to-earth, yet beautiful, kind, generous, and so encouraging. I just finished reading it, and now I'm going back to reread certain chapters. I cannot recommend this book highly enough, especially if you need a reminder that creativity and using our gifts and talents can be an act of love and hope in a scary time. The Boys in the Boat by Daniel James Brown, the story of the 1936 U.S. Olympic rowing team, an amazing story of perseverance. This book kept me on the edge of my seat and had me rooting for a team that competed long before I was born. I listened to the audio version narrated by Edward Herman, Lorelai's dad from the Gilmore Girls, and like Indira Varma, his narration is flawless. I feel like he brought an added layer to the book with his performance. If you want to listen with children, there is also a youth version. And for fiction, Emma by Jane Austen. Emma Woodhouse is a beautiful, affluent young woman in Regency-era England. The book follows Emma's misguided attempts at matchmaking her friends and neighbors. The story is told with Jane Austen's characteristic sharp wit. I've been rereading it with one of my book clubs, and honestly, it's been the best book at keeping my mind off the news. I think this is due to Jane Austen's strong sense of order and place in her writing. Hannah Coulter by Wendell Berry is another suggestion. I've talked about this book before, so I'll be brief. This is a more somber book than Emma, but still a great book to read during this time. The book deals with heavy things that have happened in the world, but Berry still offers hope and beauty. It's another great book to read for a reminder of the importance of place and community in our lives. And lastly, an author I want to briefly highlight, Elizabeth Googe especially her book, The Scent of Water, which I hope to talk more about this summer. She can seem borderline saccharine to some, but I adore her books. She dealt with depression in her own life, but she always managed to fill her books with hope and redemption. The Scent of Water is my favorite of her books. It's a beautiful story about redemption, battling darkness, especially with the character's mental health, and the power of community. Well, that's all for this week. I'll be back next Tuesday with another book list, and in April I'll start back with my usual bi-monthly recommendations. If you want to connect during the week, I'm at WellReadBeth on Instagram, where I'll be sharing an Instagram stories post that I found encouraging throughout the week. I hope these books will be a help and a comfort to you. Until next week. <laughs>